Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Okay, so last week I asked the question, what is God really like? What is God really like? And along with that question, we looked at the question, does God cause death, destruction, sickness and disease? And what was the answer? No. No. No, He does not. No, He does not. It is, a, it is sad that we even need to ask that question. Huh? Because Jesus, who was and is God Himself, clearly revealed his own nature and character on the cross and by rising from the dead Amen. and through his ministry and through his life. Amen. We would surely think that the matter is settled and that it is crystal clear what God is like, yeah. but it's not. Many people, including believers, do not know and is not convinced in their hearts of hearts that God is only good. Only love. Only life. Amen. Are you convinced of that in your heart of hearts this morning? Yes. Amen. I only hear the crickets chirping. Amen. Are you convinced? Yes. Amen. God really only wants the best for us. I think that is a good question to ask ourselves. Do you really believe that about God? If you don't know someone and there is uncertainty, you're not going to have much of a relationship with that person. Okay? If you think, if you think someone wants to judge you or is critical of you and constantly pointing out your mistakes, you're going to want to have even less of a relationship with that person. Yeah? If you think that someone wants to hurt you, or possibly kill you. You will fear and possibly hate that person and run away completely. We want nothing to do with murderers and killers and whatnot. We can't have a relationship with God if we see Him as someone that brings death. We need to trust God in order to have a good relationship with Him. What we believe about God will determine our relationship with Him. Our relationship will determine our trust in Him. And relationship and trust in God will affect our lives here on earth and also eternity. But why is there so much uncertainty about what God is really like? I believe there are many reasons, but it comes down to the fact that we misinterpret the Word of God. No? We take scriptures from the Old Testament, which is in an incomplete and partial revelation of God, and we form teachings and sayings around verses taken out of context. Okay. Am I making sense? Yes. We said last week that there are hundreds of verses in the Old Testament that we can quote and see that those verses clearly say that God is the bringer of death and judgment. Punishment, sickness, disease, disaster. Mm. There are some, some, definitely some scriptures that say that. Job 5 verse 18 that we looked at last time. For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hand also heals. Yeah. Deuteronomy 32 verse 39. Deuteronomy 32 verse 39. Go look at that verse for me. Deuteronomy 32, verse 39. And okay, so Deuteronomy 32, verse 39 says, Look now, I myself am He. There is no other God but Me. Amen. Amen. I am the one who kills and gives life. So this is God speaking. This is, well, this is Moses 
reporting what God is saying, okay, you're writing down what God is saying. I am He, uh, the one who kills and gives life. I am the one who wounds and heals. That sounds a lot like Job, no? I'm the one who wounds and heals. No one can be rescued from my powerful hand. And it gets even scarier if you keep reading there. Yeah. Uh, would you like to, some, maybe Philip, I see your Bible is already open. Can you read maybe from verse, just a little bit further? 14. Yeah. Now I raise my hand to heaven and declare, as surely as I live, when I sharpened my flashing sword and began to carry out justice, I will take revenge of my enemies and repay those who reject me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood, my sword with enemies' flesh, and the blood of the slaughtered and the captives and the heads of, of the enemy's leaders. Rejoice with him, you heavens, and let all God's angels worship him. Rejoice with people in your nations, and let all angels be strengthened in him, for he will avenge the blood of his servants, and he will take revenge against his enemy. Okay, look okay. at this all there. You will sharpen, he sharpen his flashing sword, and his arrows will be drunk on blood, and he will decapitate his enemies. Decapitate means the heads of the enemies is chopped off. That's pretty hectic. Mm -hmm. huh? There are many stories in the Old Testament that support these words here in Deuteronomy, and verses that say the same. But how are we to understand them? One key, I believe, is to understand the difference between inspiration and revelation. Okay? The, the inspiration of the scriptures and the revelation of the scriptures. We looked at it last week. If you missed out, go, go and look for the message called, Does God Wound and Strike on SoundCloud? Okay? If you missed out. I also shared it on the group. I'll explain it shortly by just giving you the definitions because it gave me a lot of clarity and understanding. The whole Bible is inspired, okay? Uh, it says so in Timothy. Paul says the whole Word of God is inspired and profitable for a lot of good things, okay? It is inspired. It says, but what is inspired? It means that the Scriptures are accurate recordings. The Scriptures are accurate recordings. The words were actually said and the events actually happened. God made sure everything is perfectly recorded. But revelation is different. There's a difference between revelation and inspiration. Revelation is different. It means God giving to humanity, that's us, truths that we would not otherwise know. Human beings could not find out these truths for themselves. It refers to God giving truth to humanity. Not everything in the Bible is revelation from God. Okay, Everything in the Word is inspired by God, but not everything is revealed, is revelation of who God is. Okay, I'm not saying that the Bible does not contain the Word of God. It does. It is the Word of God. But the amount of revelation that God gives about Himself is not the same throughout the Bible. Okay, In the beginning there was very little, very little revelation of who God is. And as time went on, as the prophets wrote and recorded, God gave more and more revelation. He filled in the picture, the puzzle. First, they only had little pieces of puzzles. They could only see glimpses of God, only parts of God. And then as time went on, God gave more puzzle pieces. And the picture became fuller and fuller. And then Jesus came. And He gave us all the puzzle pieces. Amen? And they saw the full character of God. Jesus is the full and final revelation of God's character. If we look at the scriptures in the Old Testament, we see verses like that one in Deuteronomy. But we also see verses like this. Okay, Job 33 verse 4. Job 33 verse 4. Listen to this verse. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. There's an Old Testament verse that says that 
God gives us life. Amen. Eh? Psalm 36 verse 9. You don't have to go to these verses now. Uh, because I'm going to jump. Um, not physically, but <laughs> quickly through the verses. For with you is the fountain of life. With God. David says, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. And then Malachi 2 verse 5. Or Malachi, I'm not sure how to say the English one. Malachi. No? Malachi. Malachi, okay. My covenant with him was one of life and peace. You hear that? Life and peace. And I gave them to him as an object of reverence. So he revered me and stood in awe of my name. So there's Old Testament verses that explain or that say that God brings death and destruction, judgment, justice, punishment, but also life and peace and light. No? The human beings that God used to write and record the events of history was confused and ignorant of who God really is. Okay, because God was spirit. They didn't know God. They couldn't see God. Okay? They did not understand God. They saw things happening in the world around them that was so big and made them feel so small and powerless that they just thought, well, it must be God. There's no explanation for this. This whole city was just destroyed by fire from heaven. What, what else could it be? Such great power. It must be God. <laughs> you know? Another thing that influenced their thoughts and writing was their sin. Okay? We have to remember that God used sinful people, sinful men, to write His Word. Okay? They had guilt, condemnation, and shame. They needed ways to deal with their guilty consciences. Hebrews 9 verse 9 says, Hebrews 9 verse 9, you can go there. It's in the New Testament. Hebrews 9 verse 9. Says, this is an illustration pointing to the present time. Are you there at Hebrews 9? For the gifts and the sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them. For that old system of worship, the, the old temple and the sacrifices, no? um, deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. Okay, A better system of worship, a better way to worship God. Um, then go down to verse 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Okay. First thing that stood out to me is that that old system of worship was an illustration of the present time. An illustration. Okay. A picture. We spoke about it last time. They did not have the full picture. They worshipped God how they thought. How they thought God had to be worshipped. Okay? They were very preoccupied with this physical world. Their guilty consciences. They felt bad for sinning. Which is good. But they had no way to, to clear their consciences. Okay? So they were struggling. Okay? And they were relating to God from an earthly perspective. Okay? I hope I'm making sense. They, they worshipped God how they thought God had to be worshipped. The way the Jews worshipped worship God in the Old Testament was a performance-based worship. You did something wrong, you have to bring a sacrifice to feel better. It was a due form of worship. This 
do, do. I do this, you do that. And we know that uh, that's not what God is like. Amen? Mm. Thanks to Jesus. It's all about faith and relationship in Him alone. That's what verse 14 talks about. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds. A conscience is a gewete. Hy sal ons gewete skoon was. Dis wat Jesus' bloed kom doen het. Hy kom was ons skoon. Ons kan, ons hoef nie veroordeling te aanvaar. We don't have to receive condemnation, guilt and shame. Our consciences has been cleansed. Okay. But they, in the Old Testament, the ones writing these things, they didn't have this. Okay, they only had a picture and a form of worship that was not complete. Okay. We also need to remember the purpose of the scriptures is to give us what? What is the purpose? What did Paul say to Timothy? What is the purpose of the scriptures? To make us wise unto salvation through Faith in Christ. Okay, that is the purpose. The Old Testament points to Jesus. And that is why we read the Old Testament. When you go and you read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and all the other books, eh, it is to see Jesus. Don't go read it for any other reason. Okay? Go read it looking for Jesus and you will see him everywhere because God points the Old Testament points to Jesus it is not for us to form doctrine and teachings about the nature of God from the Old Testament because the Old Testament points to Jesus that is why we read the Old Testament okay am I clear that brings us to the other thing that we need to understand when we interpret the Bible We need to look at it in the context of that full and final revelation that Jesus brought. If you read something like this in the Old Testament and it confuses you, you need to remind yourself of Jesus. Okay? Jesus did not come to change and correct what God revealed about Himself because God is the same forever. Okay? Hebrews 13 verse 8. You don't have to go there. You can maybe just write it down. Hebrews 13 verse 8. Uh, what you are in Hebrews at the moment, right? Yeah. You can go to 13 verse 8. Mm. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, Amen. today and forever. Amen. He is the same God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. No? He really is the same one. And His nature is the same. But what? Why the confusion? Why do we think God brings death? Malachi, or, yeah, Malachi 3 verse 6. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. That's what God says there. I am I am the Lord. I do not change. Okay? So, Jesus did not come to change and correct what God revealed about Himself. Because God is the same forever. Jesus came to change and correct the way that man sees God. And the way that man has relationship with God. The way that man sees God is what Jesus came to change. And how man understood God. Not what God revealed about, uh, about Himself. Okay? Because He's been the same for eternity and He will never change. He came to correct how we see Him. Okay? I'm trying to form more words to make it more clear, but I think it's clear enough. Amen? Amen, yeah. Last week, we we did look at some verses about Jesus and concluded that the revelation that Jesus brought is that He is love and He he only gives life. Amen? But I feel like we need to dig a little deeper into that revelation. And that is what I focused on this week in preparing for this message. If we want to grow in the full revelation of who God is, what do we need to look at? We need to look at the full revelation of who God is. 
pretty straightforward. If you want to grow in the full revelation of who He is, look and read and study the full revelation of who He is. If you look at a partial revelation, partial means only gedeeltelike, gedeeltelike prentje. If you look at a partial revelation, you are going to get a partial revelation. Don't look at a partial revelation if you want to have the full revelation. Does that make sense? There is two places I want to go look at in the gospel about Jesus' earthly ministry. John 9 verse 1. You can go there. John 9 verse 1. If Jesus is the full revelation of God, then it makes sense. We need to go look at His life. No? John 9 verse 1 says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Very, very occupied with sins. <laughs> very focused on sins. It was not because of his sins. Oh. Sorry guys. his disciples asked him why was this man born blind was it because of his own sins or his parents sins it was not and then Jesus replies it was not because of his sins or his parents sins Jesus answered this happened so the power of God could be seen in him Amen. okay we must quickly carry out this, this is very important these words of Jesus that we're reading now we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us, that is God. Eh? The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloa. Siloam. <laughs> Siloam. <laughs> it means sent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Okay. Here we have a man born blind from birth. Blindness isn't from God. Eh? Why? How do we know blindness isn't from God? Because he saw everything that he had made and it was good. Yes, definitely. But from this, from these verses, this context. Exactly. If, if blindness was from God, then why did Jesus heal him? No? Because blindness isn't from God. Thank you, Eta. Okay. Immediately the disciples wanted to know whose sin caused the blindness. They were just like the friends of Job. Okay? If you go read Job, some terrible things happened to Job because of the enemy, Satan. And then he's got this three, three, three friends that come to him and they accuse him of doing sin. They say, you must have sinned, therefore God is punishing you. Okay? But they were wrong. We know that. Okay? Uh, that verse in Job that we read, um, uh, Job 5 verse 18, For though he wounds and he also bandages, he strikes but his hands also heal. That, those words were spoken by one of Job's friends. Okay? And they were wrong. If you keep reading Job, you will see that Job repents of everything that he says. 
and that uh, there's a fourth friend of Job that rebukes or, or, or speaks to these other three friends. It's, it's four guys, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the other three, what they said was wrong. Okay, and not true. Um, where was I? Yes. Oh yeah, okay. They were just like the friends of Job. When the enemy attacked Job and everything was lost, Job's friends came to him and accused Job of sin. But we know whose sin caused the blindness. Okay? Who, whose sin caused blindness? Whose sin caused death? Adam's. We looked at it last week, no? It was Adam's sin that caused death, sickness, and disease to come into this world. Romans 5 verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12. If, every, if anyone ever says anything like accusing God of taking someone's life. Romans 5 verse 12. Yes. Okay? Remember it. Write it down. Amen. Romans 5 verse 12. You can tell that person, no, God didn't cause this person's death. It was Adam's sin. That's where death came from. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. How clear can it be? Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Okay? Jesus then corrects their thinking in verse 3. He says, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Did Jesus say God caused this man to be born blind? No. no. But people read that one verse and immediately they say, Oh, look there, Jesus himself admits that this man was born blind so that the glory of God can be seen. Amen? But that's not the truth. Okay? The King James Version says, But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And if we keep reading... Jesus then shows us exactly what the works of God is. Okay, let's look at that verse again. Verse John 9 verse 4. He says, We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming when no one can work. Okay, and then Jesus does some work. What is the work that he does? He heals. He heals. The man's blindness. Okay. It's very clear. Yeah. He healed the man's blindness. The work of God is healing life. That is what he gives. Let's look at Luke 4 verse 38. Luke 4 verse 38. Another example from the Gospels about Jesus' life. And what Jesus revealed about God. Do you see how... how what the focus was of the people. They were sin focused. They were focused on this world. They didn't know. They were ignorant. Ignorant means you lack knowledge of God. Jesus came to set right man's thinking about God. Luke 4 verse 38. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home. Simon was one of his disciples, okay? There he found Simon's mother-in-law, very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Why would they beg Jesus to heal someone? Because they know he was a healer. Eh? Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her. He rebuked the fever and it left her. <laughs> and she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. Verse 40. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were. No matter what. The touch of his hand healed everyone. Amen. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command. 
shouting, You are the Son of God. But because they knew He was the Messiah, He rebuked them and, he, and refused to let them speak. Okay, so even the demons know <laughs> that He is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. He healed everyone. Here we see that Jesus uh, was healing every single person, every single sick person, and He was casting out demons. If God, God's will was for people to be sick and demon-possessed, if God's will was for people to be sick and demon-possessed, then Jesus would have been working against God. No? By healing them and by casting those demons out. 1 John 3 verse 8. 1 John 3 verse 8. Jesus said, I, I, I came to do the will of my Father. I don't know where that scripture is, but I'm, I'm sure that's a scripture. <laughs> I come to do the will of my Father. The will of the Father is not that people are sick, dying, and demon-possessed. That's why Jesus came, healing everyone. Everyone. If you have sickness in your body today, He can heal you too. Amen. You just need to believe it and receive it. Um, they need to realize that this sickness or pain they have now is not from God. Yes. So who's from the enemy? So you need to claim your healing, your pain to go away because you're claiming the healing from God. From because by His stripes you are healed. It's not for you to be sick. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's not God trying to teach you a lesson. No? It's John 6, 38. I came to do the will of the Father. Oh, thank you. John 6, Jesus says, I came to do the will of the Father. Yes. And He demonstrated it so clearly through His ministry. Uh, 1 John 3 verse 8 But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy, destroy the works of the devil. Wow. What does sin bring? Sin brings death. Okay. What does it show when someone keeps on sinning? They belong to God. No, they belong to the devil. Okay, so sin and death, sickness, where does it come from? The devil. So when bad things like murder and rape and whatever terrible thing you can think of happens, where does it come from? So why do we blame God? Why do we blame God then for it? It's very sad. What does it say about Jesus? Why did He come? He came to destroy the works of the devil. Okay. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. I trust the word is still blessing you. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5.14 Either way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, uh, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone. Jesus. He died for everyone so that all those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So, we have stopped evaluating others from human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know Him now. 
Okay, there's a lot in this verse that stood out to me. The first thing is that God's desire to give us life, God's desire to give us life was so great that He Himself was willing to lay down His own life so that we may have life. Think about that. You lay down your own life to give someone else life. That is God's desire. That, that was how great God's desire was to give us life. That He was willing. He was willing to lay down His very own life to give you life. I hope this is sinking in. Amen. Good. Verse 14 to 15 makes it clear. Okay, verse 13, uh, 14 to 15. He died for everyone, so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. Wow. Christ died and was raised for us to have life. Amen. Think of everything Jesus went through to give us life. Jesus did what no other being could do. Only God can give life. God is the source of life. You can't get life anywhere else. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? You can search high and you can search low, under rocks and behind trees. You won't find life. Life is only to be found from God. The devil can't give life. Okay? Philippians 2 verse 6. Philippians 2 verse 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. All I can say to that is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, huh? If God wasn't love, He would have left us to die. We can, tr can we truly grasp this? God became a human baby in a world ruled by Satan. In a world where humans have free will. Think of the world like it is today. It's a terrible place. And God became a baby. A baby that was dependent on the decisions of human mother and father, Mary and Joseph. If Joseph didn't listen to God, if he didn't get that dream, then Jesus would have died. Eh? And it would have all been for nothing. Imagine the risk that God took by becoming a human baby. And it was all to give us life. If God did not create the world and give us life, we wouldn't even be here. God is the creator. I mean, that is where life comes from. God is the giver of life. He is the giver of physical life and He is the giver of eternal life. We need to settle this fact in our heart that life comes from God. We continue in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. All of this is a gift from God. What is the gift from God? Life. New life. Who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Another thing that sounds out, stands out to me here is that we cannot separate Jesus and God in our minds. Okay? 
we have said this before here, and I've said it many times. Many people have this idea in their heads that Jesus and God is different. That God is the angry one that wants to punish. Jesus is the nice guy. Okay? That is not true. These verses say that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. God is one. Jesus perfectly expressed God's nature to lay down His very own life to give you life. Because Jesus is God. Okay. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3. <clears throat> Almost finished. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3 says, This is good and pleases. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Okay? It pleased God to do this for us. It pleased God. It was a good thing in God's mind to do this. Huh? God wants everyone to be saved. Another way to say that is God wants everyone to have life. Because that is what it means to what saved. Huh? What does it mean to be saved? It means you have the life of God in you. That is what salvation is. God makes you alive. He gives you life. Eternal life. Okay? It was a good thing. And it pleased God to give us life. God did so much to give us life. We really need to put it out of our minds that God is the cause and the bringer of death. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. God has now made us His representatives. He gave us the message of reconciliation. What is the message of reconciliation? It is the gospel. Okay? God now calls people to Himself through us. Why? Because He does not want anyone to perish, but have everlasting life. Okay? If that is God's desire, if it is God's desire for everyone to have eternal life, and for no one to perish, why does He give us this task? Huh? He gives it to us so that everyone can have life. Okay? So that everyone can have eternal life. Why would He then kill people? He won't. Because it's not Him. No? God is not the cause of death. He has given us a message to preach so that people can have life. So He's not going to cause their death. Okay? What if someone dies before they hear the gospel? No? Am I making sense? Amen, yes. God won't give you a mission to go preach a message that gives life and then be the same one that kills people. Okay? Do you understand? Yes. Matthew 10 verse 1. Matthew 10 verse 1. Jesus called His twelve disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. Matthew 10 verse 7 Go and announce to them 
that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. Wow. Even when ascending to heaven, Jesus leaves us with the power and the authority to do what He has done throughout His ministry. Our lives is a continuation of Jesus' ministry. Jesus wants to minister through us. He wants to live through us. He wants to heal the sick through us. He wants to uh, cast out demons through us. He wants to resurrect people through us because He's a giver of life. Amen. Amen. Death was never a part of God's dream. Death was never a part of God's dream. Okay? Man caused sin. Or caused death by his sin. Okay? Let's look at Mark 16 verse 15. Mark 16 verse 15. And then he told them, this is Jesus speaking, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Luke 24 verse 44. Luke 24 verse 44. This is what I'm reading to you is the Great Commission. This is what Jesus said to his disciples before he went back to heaven. Okay. This is what Jesus wants to see happen in the world today. Luke 24 verse 44. And this is what we can do. Eh? Amen. Take this for yourself. Yes. Jesus has given you the authority and the power. Amen. He has given it to you. Now you must give as you have received it. Amen. Amen. Give as freely as you have received. Okay. Luke 24 verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. You know what that's about, right? We spoke, we spoke about it earlier. About the pictures no? in the Old Testament. I spoke to you while I was with you that everything written about me in the law of the prophets, oh, sorry, in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, Genesis to Malachi. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Okay, I love these verses. Jesus gives us the power and authority to do exactly what He did. And more. He gives us, He makes us alive and He gives us His Spirit. The eternal life giving Spirit of God comes and resurrects us. He makes us alive. And now, with God inside of us, being one with Him, we can spread the gospel. Amen. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, it is the message whereby eternal life is given when it is believed. No? You, under, you hear what I'm saying? Yes. It's a life-giving, eternal life-giving message that God has equipped us with. Not an eternal death-bringing message, mm. eternal life-giving message. And He calls all people. 
And besides that, he gives us the power and the authority to heal every kind of sickness and disease. Amen. One last verse that really, really blessed me. Oh, wait. My tablet just... Oh, okay. 1 Corinthians 5, 15. Sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21. So you see... 1 Corinthians 15, 21. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man. I like it. Yo. It's so clear. Huh? So you see, it's Paul speaking to the Corinthians. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now... The resurrection from the dead has begun. That gives me goosebumps. Huh? Yeah. The resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Who is he? Jesus. Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an, is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Amen. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when He comes back. After that the end will come. When He will turn the kingdom over to God the Father. Having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. And this is so important. Listen. For Christ must reign until He humbles all His enemies, all His enemies, not His allies, not His friends, His enemies beneath His feet. Okay? And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. How clear can you be? Huh? That is beautiful. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The resurrection of the dead has begun. When we preach the gospel, the dead is resurrected. If they believe it, they receive the life of God. The resurrection has begun. That's awesome. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.